Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Well, good morning. It is a great delight to be back here with you again. Uh, For those of you who may be visiting or aren't quite sure who I am, uh, my name is Paul Wagler and my wife Angie down here. We've been uh, privileged to come here several times over the last 18 months. And as we were uh, driving here this morning, we were counting and we realized, oh, this is, I think, the sixth visit we've made here to your congregation uh, since January of a year ago. And, uh, and so we, we appreciate always the warm welcome that we receive here. And uh, each time we get to know a few more names and hopefully we can remember them. And uh, just always the, the, the warm welcome, the familiar faces, and it's, it's beginning to feel more like we're part of the family. And so we're grateful for that. And thank you for, for welcoming, welcoming us here as often as you have. Um, we, uh, we have a ministry arise now, and I'm not going to say a lot about that, but if uh, you haven't checked out about what we do, uh, you can go to our website, arisenow.ca, and uh, that has all the information of the things that we're involved in and um, the, the things we're sharing on social media through Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, feel free to check that out, and uh, hopefully it will encourage you in some way. Um, This is a special day because it's Father's Day, right? Uh, As has been highlighted here this morning and and, uh, as uh, as Deb was sharing uh, some of her thoughts about fathers, uh, my mind was uh, reflecting back to my dad and uh, and my dad passed away a little about six and a half years ago and uh, and so I don't have the privilege of going to see him today like we would often do on Father's Day. And uh, maybe some of you are in that place as well, where your father is no longer here. And, and, uh, and so we, what do we do? Well, we hold on to the memories. We, we, we remember the wonderful times and we give thanks. Uh, but I want to encourage those of you who still have a dad that is alive and well, and, uh, and that you can maybe talk to today in some way or go see, uh, just let them know how much you appreciate them and uh, encourage them for the blessing that they have been in your life. Uh, because at some point, you won't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> and and so, uh, so may take advantage of those opportunities. But one of the memories that came to my mind uh, while I was sitting here this morning was when I was a young boy, we grew up on, I grew up on a farm, on a dairy farm, and, and so there was always lots of work to do in the barn and on the tractors. And, and I remember, uh, uh, I don't know how old I was, old enough to be on the tractor but not drive the tractor, and I'd be standing there beside my dad who was driving, and, I, and I'd put my arm around him, and, uh, and you know, I think he appreciated it at some level, but I think some of the times that that happened, it was very hot. And so, so, you know, he'd be kind of like, you know, it's kind of hot. <laughs> and so I'd take my arm off. And so that became kind of the running joke for years and years later, like even into his later years when, he's, uh, when he was in a nursing home, you know, I'd put my arm around him and I'd say, are you hot? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, that's just a, 
kind of a fun memory that came up this morning. But most of all, as I think about my dad, I am grateful for the heart that he had for the Lord. He had a tender heart for the Lord from, from a young age. And uh, I don't know how it happened. It's the gift of God, really, that somehow that was given to me as well. And so for that, I am eternally grateful. And because he modeled what a life looked like when you put Jesus first in everything. And so much of who I am today is because of my dad and my mom. I mean, they were, but today we're highlighting fathers. But they both had a significant um, uh, impact in ways way beyond what I think I'll ever understand. So I'm grateful for that. And I want to encourage you to reflect on your journey with your parents and, and find things that, that you can be thankful for. Ask the Lord, you know, if you're not, you know, not everybody's had a great dad, right? And so if you're struggling, you know, ask the Lord, show me some things that I can bless and honor my dad with and give thanks for. All right, so we're going to talk... I've entitled this message today called, uh, it's called The Glorious Father. And that was a phrase that's uh, used in the passage that was read there from Ephesians chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to, to open it there to Ephesians chapter 1. And, uh, and when I was thinking about coming <clears throat> to speak on Father's Day, right away that phrase went through my head. The Glorious Father. And I was like, oh yeah, that's from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. And so, so we're going we're gonna to spend a few minutes here in this passage and looking about some things, uh, at some things about the glorious Father. But let me just say, Ephesians 1 is, I think, as I, as I look at the whole of Scripture, for me personally, Ephesians 1 is my most favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And, and so I think it goes back to my teenage years when I was a youth at, uh, at East Orr Mennonite Church, and, and the one year we were doing Bible quizzing, and the, and the quiz, uh, the focus for the quiz that year was uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And so, so I loved to, to memorize, and I worked at it, and I, and I memorized all four of those books and, and, and competed in the Bible quiz. Now, I can't quote all four of those books to you today, but I can quote to you Ephesians 1. And, and Ephesians 1 has been one of those chapters that has just really stuck with me, and I have meditated on it a lot over the last number of years, and have had the privilege of preaching from it numerous times. And so when I felt like the Spirit was directing me to Ephesians 1 for today, I was like, yes, this is good. I love to speak about the glorious Father that Paul talks about here in Ephesians 1. And so, so right at the beginning of Ephesians 1, uh, you know, Paul gives his, his, uh, his kind of his standard kind of greetings. But then we get to verse 3 and he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now we could just stop right there, but we're not going to. But, but think about that. Like every spiritual blessing is ours in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Because... God the Father has given it to you and I. So if you are ever struggling with wondering who you are as a Christian and, and, and feeling a bit discouraged, I encourage you to spend some time in this chapter because from verses 3 to 14 of Ephesians 1, so, so I'm told that, that those verses there, 3 to 14, if you read them 
it, it, they just kind of flow. It's like there should not be any periods. It's just one con, one long sentence. And I'm told in the original Greek, that's the way it is written. And so, you know, Paul, as he is writing this book to the, to the church at Ephesus, he's sitting in prison. And, and, you know, his heart, you just get the sense his heart is bursting with the wonders of this glorious Father. And he just goes on. So you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. For he, and then in verse 4 it says, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Wow. God thought of you before anything was made. And He chose you. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace. It just keeps going on and getting better. And then a few verses later, he says that He lavished His, his grace on us. And then he, sums, he gets kind of to the end of this long sentence in verse 13 and 14, and he says, Having believed in Him, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. So how do you know that you are in this relationship with God? Because He's given you His Spirit to dwell within you. It's a deposit that is in each and every one of us, guaranteeing our inheritance that is to come. Wonderful, encouraging words that Paul writes in the first part of Ephesians. And so, then we get to the part that was read today in verse 15. And he goes on and he says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love that you have for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayer. So, so he's highlighting two important things. You know, and Paul, he had spent a lot of time at the church at Ephesus. Uh, you know, in, in Acts 19, it talks how he was there between two and three years in one of his uh, missionary journeys. And so he established, helped to establish this church. He was an apostle to it. He was like a father to these people. And so this is written a few years later from when he would have been there last. And he is saying, I have heard that you're doing really well with your faith in Jesus and your love for each other. You know, and we think, well, well, that's just about the best. If we could be known as a, as a group of people and as individuals, that we have faith in Jesus and that we have love for each other. What more could there be? You know, Jesus had said, you know, all of the law and the prophets, it can all be summed up in, in these, these two things. Love God and love others. So these people were doing that well and Paul had heard about it. But it's interesting to note, he doesn't stop there. He's wanting to encourage them that there's more. Because he says, I, I keep praying. In the next verse, it says, I keep praying and asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that He may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will know Him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we will know this glorious Father. Yes, we want to have, we want to be known for our faith in Jesus. We want that to be evident. We want to be known for the love that we have for each other. We want that to be evident. But we want to keep going. We want to keep growing. We want to keep getting to know this glorious Father more. And how does it happen? It happens 
only in one way, and it's through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is wisdom? Wisdom, I, I like a, a simple definition, that wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. It's sort of like knowing what to do, what to say, and when to do and say it. And what is revelation? Well, revelation speaks of an unveiling, a revealing. It's, it, I like to think of the times when I've had a revelation. It's like, aha, you know, the lights came on. You know, you're in a dark room and you can't find your way, and all of a sudden the lights come on and it's like, revelation. So there is a spirit. It's the spirit of God who wants to come into your life and into mine, and he want, he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And in that, he wants to reveal the glorious Father to your heart. So in these next few minutes, I want to answer three questions. So why is this necessary? What's the target and what's the fruit? Okay? So we're going to move through this quickly. So why is it necessary that we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to reveal the Father to us? Why can't we just relate to him, you know, like we relate with each other and get to know each other? Well, I'm going to mention a few scriptures that, that help us uh, understand the difference between God and us. Okay? First one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And Paul is writing there and he says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, because he cannot understand them, for they are foolishness to him, because they are spiritually discerned. So God is spirit, and there's something about him that we cannot understand without his spirit revealing it to us. Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, he says, says uh, My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So there's a difference between the way we do things and the way we think and the way God does things and the way God thinks. And there's this theme throughout, sorry, this theme throughout Scripture. That's too many TH words right in a row. <laughs> there's this theme throughout Scripture where God is inviting us to learn from Him because there's a difference between us and Him and we need to learn. We need it to be revealed to us. I love this verse, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, the Lord says, and show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Now, we live in a day and age where we have search engines on the internet, on your phone, right? So whenever you have a question, you know, like what, uh, how much did it rain yesterday, or, or like, whatever the question is, how old is is that actor I'm watching on TV? Whatever it is. You know, we're talking about sometimes, and my daughter will say, if only we had a device that could answer our questions. You know? And so we use Google or whatever search engine you use. So I would like to say to you, I, I've created a new word for unsearchable. It's ungoogleable. Okay? God is inviting you and I to call out to Him. And he will show us 
great and ungoogleable things that we do not know. And they are revealed by the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 25, he's, he's praying to his glorious Father, and he says, I praise you, God, Father of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. What? Jesus, you're, you're praising your Father because he has chosen to hide things from those who think they're smart? And he reveals them to the innocent child, the one who realizes they don't know. And he's searching, they're calling out to this God to reveal the unsearchable things. A number of years ago, I preached a sermon from Roman, or sorry, First Corinthians chapter one. You know the the passage that starts in First Corinthians one, where Paul is writing, and he says, uh, "The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God." And then a couple verses later, there in verse twenty-one of First Corinthians one is this verse, and this is kind of grabbed. I never realized it was there before. First Corinthians one twenty-one. For since in the wisdom of God, the world in its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. So it was actually God's wisdom to make it so that you and I, in our wisdom and in our own wise and learning understanding, cannot know him. He showed the message which was the cross, which was considered foolish by the wise and the learned of that day, to be the way that you and I can come to Second thing, what does, the, what does the Spirit target in our lives? Well, in this verse, after it says, uh, I, I pray that you receive the Spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God better. And the next verse says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. So that's the target. It's your heart. It's my heart. And did you know that your heart has eyes? And they can only be enlightened by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And as they are, all of a sudden, things that didn't make any sense before become clear. But it's all about our heart. There's a verse from Proverbs that I love and I think about often. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Solomon is writing and he says, Above all else, guard your heart. For from it flows all the issues of life. Some translations say, for it is a wellspring of life. This journey we're on as followers of Jesus, it's all about our heart. 
You know, sometimes we can get caught up in the outward actions. And that's what Jesus, when he came into the religious setting that he came into, is they were focused on the law and they were focused on all these externals. And Jesus began to teach in a different way. And in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You have heard that it is said, Do not look at a woman to lust after her. But I tell you that if you look at a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart. And then, you know, they're, they're eating with unwashed hands and the, and the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they're getting all upset because now you're going to be unclean. And Jesus says, no, no, no. It's not what goes into a person that makes them unclean, but it's what comes out. It's what's come out of the heart. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation is after your heart. He's after my heart. And so that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened and that we could turn fully and surrender our hearts to Jesus as our Lord. And the last thing, what's the fruit of this spirit of wisdom and revelation? There's hidden things. There's the heart. Well, after that part where he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, he says, so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance of the saints, and the incomparably great power that is available for us who believe. So there's three things in that passage. It talks about a, being a, having a hope, talks about an inheritance, which is being an heir, and it talks about the power that is available to us. So it's our help. And we don't have time this morning to, to elaborate on all three of those, so we're just going to focus on hope. What is hope? Hope is joyful, confident expectation of something good. And hope is what really keeps us alive. Even just a, a small little sliver of hope keeps us going when all else feels hopeless. But it's joyful, confident expectation in something good. And as followers of Jesus, when the eyes of our heart become enlightened and now we know the hope to which he has called us, we realize that our hope is not based at all in us. You know, there's this, uh, in, in Romans chapter 15, there's two verses that highlight hope that I want to mention. The first is Romans 15 verse 4, where Paul is writing and he's, he's talking about the scripture. He says, these things that, that were written in the past, meaning the scriptures, were written to teach us so that through the encouragement found in scriptures and the endur or sorry the yeah the encouragement found in scriptures and the endurance they provide i might have those two words mixed up but it's encouragement and endurance then it says we might have hope so we can read about it in this book and we can receive encouragement we can have endurance rise up within us and, and as we do that, hope, joyful, confident expectation in something good rises up within us. Then in verse 13 of Romans 15, he says, May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you and I will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Spirit of wisdom and revelation that the glorious Father has sent to reveal the hidden things, to target our hearts, and so that you and I
can be filled with hope, overflowing with hope. You know, when something overflows, it, it, it speaks of a mess, right? You know, when you, when you pour too much water or milk or coffee into your cup and it overflows. I mean, we, we like the idea of overflowing hope, but, but sometimes overflowing things can be a bit messy. It's not all neat and tidy. But it's good. Because when it spills out of us, it touches those around us. As followers of Jesus, you and I are called to be the most hopeful people on the face of the earth. And this hope has absolutely nothing to do with our circumstances. When you read the Scriptures and you read like Paul is bursting forth with hope in, in his letters and you realize that many of them, he, he's, he's being persecuted. He's sitting in a prison. You know, it's not about who's in government. It's not about the weather. It's not about uh, our health. It's not about any of those things. And we love when all of those things are good. But our hope goes beyond all of that. And when the spirit of wisdom and revelation reveals that hope in your heart that is rooted in a relationship with the glorious Father, it changes everything. And I want to conclude today with, with a story of a time in my life where the spirit of wisdom and revelation met me and restored hope. There was um, a time a number of years ago uh, Angie and I were in ministry. Uh, we had helped start a church in Kitchener. And, um, and things were going along well. And then all of a sudden, things weren't going along so well. And we won't get into all those details. But we ended up resigning uh, from our place uh, in leadership at this church. And we entered into what we now look back and would say is a long wilderness season. And it was a very difficult time in our lives. Because we had been, you know, chasing our dreams and the vision that God had given us. And, and, and the, the image that came to my mind was uh, of something I saw the other day when I was driving my bus. I, I was driving up the street and I saw, uh, I was getting clo close to a high school and there was a, a high school kid who was uh, out and he was chasing after a balloon that was being blown in the wind, right? Have any of you seen that or maybe you've done it? It's pretty tough to catch, right? And so, so I'm watching because he's on the other side of the road and I'm hoping he doesn't like come running across in front of me. So I'm paying close attention and he's running and he, he's kind of going all over the way of the balloon. You know, they're just going wherever. And all of a sudden this balloon lands on the ground and you know what happens? Boop! <laughs> the balloon is no more. And he's standing there. Oh. And I thought, wow, that's a good picture of what I felt like back then. We were chasing after the dream and the vision that God had put within us. And, 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 and you know, it wasn't easy. And you're, you know, you're kind of like this kid chasing a balloon. And all of a sudden, it fell to the ground. And you're standing there and it is no more. You just have, like, this, the remnants, which is, you can't, it's not usable. It felt like in that time, like our hope had been hijacked. Our destiny had been derailed. And our dreams had been dashed. So as the time went on, we, we began to recover and, and uh, begin to do some ministry again. And, and you know, hope began to build in our hearts again. And, and um, started uh, meeting with some other people who were encouraging to us. And, and there's a lot longer parts to that story which we won't get into. But this went on for a number of years. And, and it was several years later, one day Angie had a dream. 
And in this dream, uh, somebody came to the door of our house and they wanted to see me and she didn't know where I was. So she looks through the house and she finds me and I'm in a box in the basement. And so she comes and she kind of knocks or opens the box somehow. I'm not quite sure. And, and, and she's like, uh, Paul, there's somebody here to see you. Would you like to come see them? And I was like, no, no, I don't want to get out of my box. I just want to stay right here. And, and you know, that was a, a very good description of where I was at in my life. I was, I was, you know, we were doing some ministry again. We were preaching again in, in, in some churches and, and at a house church and, and, and various things were going on. But there was something in me that wasn't totally free and totally at the place where God wanted me to be because of the disappointment from things not working out as I had hoped. And you know, disappointment really determines our life. How we deal with it determines so much about our lives. So, so, so I'm in this box. We're like, yeah, that's me. So we were meeting with these people who were praying and we're like, oh, we got to pray. And I said, yeah, pray for me that I'll get out of this box. And so they did and, and nothing happened. Nothing changed. Fast forward several more years as Labor Day weekend 2014, we're invited by some friends to a meeting that is happening in Kitchener. We go to this meeting. There's, there's a guy there preaching. And, and while he's preaching, he, he singles me out and he, he points at me. And he starts speaking some prophetic words over my life about the destiny and the call that God has on my life and, and who I'm called to be and what God wants to do. And, and, and I don't, I mean, it's, you can't make this stuff happen. It's a sovereign thing of God when the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes in that moment. And why did it have to be so many years? I don't know. But this is like 13 years after we had stepped out of ministry. And I share that because probably there's some of you here in this place this morning who are feeling like you've been in a place for so long that maybe you haven't quite known what to do with because of the disappointments that have come your way. So, so that happened on a Sunday night. I mean, it was okay. I didn't feel like this boom from heaven like at that moment. But in the days that followed, I was like, something has shifted. Something has happened. And I, and I said to Angie, I said, honey, I, I've woken up. And, 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 you know, leave it to your wife to be blunt and say it the way it is. She says, oh, honey, it's not an awakening. It's a resurrection. And that was so true because I was not just asleep, but there was a part of me that had died because of the dreams being lost. And I couldn't bring that back to life on my own. It could only happen through the spirit of wisdom revelation that the glorious Father sent in that time and in that place. And there was a resurrection. And without that moment, we wouldn't be doing what we are today. And I had a couple revelations in the weeks that followed. The one is, you don't know how dead you are until you come alive. 
I thought I was doing pretty good. You know, I, I, I wasn't miserable. I was pretty happy. But when the spirit of wisdom and revelation came and brought resurrection, what a shift. I came alive. And the second revelation that I got was, it was not the actual words that that guy spoke that day that, that awakened the dead thing within me. But it was this. And this is what I want you to hear today on Father's Day. I heard the Spirit speaking into my ear that day. The Father hasn't forgotten you. The Father hasn't forgotten you. I want to speak that word into those of you today who need to hear those words. Sometimes we go through long periods, could be many, many years, that feel like a drought. Many years that, that feel like, oh, we're just, this is not what I'm longing for. There's got to be more. Many years of struggling with the disappointments when things haven't turned out the way that we had hoped. And I pray today that the spirit of wisdom and revelation be all over this place and all over online forever you who are watching, that you would hear those words whispered in your ear that the Father hasn't forgotten you. He still knows your name and there's still a reason you're still alive and He has a purpose and a plan and a call on your life and you are called to be a blessing to somebody. He wants to reveal the hidden things about who He is. He wants to reveal them to your heart so your heart, my heart, and your heart are, are changed forever. And so that we can truly overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we conjure up. It's something that the Spirit of wisdom and revelation births in you and it grows as we live in that relationship. But know today that you are not forgotten. You have a glorious Father who loves you very much and wants to bring those dead places in your heart back to life once again so that you can blossom and bloom and become all that He has called you to be. So in conclusion, and if the worship team wants to come, you can come now. I'm going to I'm going to pray Paul's prayer from this Ephesians 1 over you as a congregation. And, and if sometimes if you're praying and you're not sure what to pray, use Paul's prayers. I mean, there's other, other prayers in Scripture too, but I love, I pray this prayer that I'm going to pray over you. I pray it over me and my family every day. And if you do that every day, soon you'll know it by heart. It's a wonderful prayer. And I'm going to invite you, if you're able to, uh, to stand and just to hold out your hands like this, like you're receiving a gift. And if, you're, if you can't stand, just do it from your seat where you just want to hold out your hands to the Father, this glorious Father, as we pray and ask for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. And then we'll worship the Lord. 
So Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church, I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love that you have for each other. But I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that He will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparably great power for all of us who believe. Thank you, God. Amen.